Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Please take a minute to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that works best for you. Now in today's message, Pastor Tony will be delivering an encouraging word that we know is going to touch your life. We pray that you listen with expectation, believing that everything you need from God, he's going to do it. Enjoy today's message. We find that every promise is always attached to a process. Anything we walk through, it's because God has already put something in our path that we're walking to. You will never walk through anything that God has not called greater in your future. There's never anything you will ever battle that he has not already seen the other side of the battle. Because he's an alpha God and an omega God. You say, well, Pastor, what does that mean? He's the beginning and the end. The first and the last And in Matthew chapter 4, we find that Jesus is getting ready to be baptized by his cousin John. He's getting ready to be baptized in the waters of Jordan. Up to this point, he's just known as Jesus of Nazareth. He's not yet been publicly declared the Messiah. He was given uh, to a virgin birth and born in a manger. But those were private things that the world has yet to know about. There were some wise men and shepherds. But no one really grasping who he was. He was known as Jesus of Nazareth up to this point. Jesus, the son of Joseph and Mary. A young man in his 30s and he's walking down the road. And immediately when John sees him coming, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. And in a moment, things begin to shift. And Jesus asked John to baptize him. Here's the response. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And you come to me. And Jesus replied, let it be so. It is proper for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son in whom I love. And with him I am well pleased. Jesus is baptized by John in the waters of the Jordan. And baptism all through the Word of God is a crossing place. We find that as the children of Egypt would come, the children of Israel would come out of Egypt they would cross through the waters of the Red Sea. Two things would happen. They would be delivered into a promise and the adversary of their yesterday would be swallowed up. And that's exactly what baptism is. It's a testimony to the world that the old season is now done and a new man is living. We find it was the same as the children of Israel crossed over the Jordan in to the place of promise. It was the same when Naaman that had leprosy, he was a captain of the king's army, but he had leprosy. And the Bible said he dipped seven times, not understanding why. Because the Jordan was, is not really something to behold. When you see the Jordan, if you've ever been to Israel, it really doesn't look like much. But I find that God uses insignificant things and insignificant places to do great works. He uses insignificant moments to establish his kingdom. And the Bible says that over and over, 
we find that God used these crossing places. And we find that Jesus is now at the waters of baptism. And John really doesn't want to baptize Jesus. He doesn't feel worthy. But Jesus, understanding faithfulness and obedience, asked John to baptize him. And when Jesus walked into the water, at this point only known as Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph and Mary, the son of a carpenter, just Jesus from a common town, raised by common people, walks in the water. The minute that he's put under the waters, three things happen. First, the heavens open. The heavens had been silent for 400 years. We find the last chapter of Malachi, the father talks about an open heaven. How that through obedience we can unlock the windows of heaven. And God would pour out blessing upon us that we really didn't even have room to contain. And then the heavens were silent and now once again the heavens have been unlocked. And the Bible said the heavens are open. I'm praying for you and your family. I'm praying for what God has for you. That you would walk under an open heaven. Because when the heavens are opened in your life and in our church, anything is possible. When the heavens shift on our behalf have anything is possible and the Bible said the heavens were open and then the Holy Spirit descended and God began to pour out his spirit upon Jesus I'm praying that the heavens do not just open but there is a revival and an outpouring of the Holy Spirit I'm praying that rivers are unlocked and that the portals of heaven release an outpouring of God's presence because anytime God's presence is outpoured we get a fresh revelation and word from the Father the heavens were open the Holy Spirit came down and then the Father began to speak and this is what he declared this is my son whom I love and whom I am well pleased and the Bible said in that moment they knew that the Messiah had come they knew it was Jesus public coronation it was the first time they really rise he was more than just Jesus of Nazareth he was more than just the son of Joseph and Mary but now the heavens had once again opened and the Holy Spirit was being poured out and the Father was speaking and I am telling you I love those moments in my journey those are the water moments those are the moments where God's presence is almost Tangible. Those are those moments where I can almost touch his very glory. And I wish I could live in those moments every day, all the time. But I want you to understand those are really not the moments you grow. Those are not the moments you find out who you are. Those are the moments God deposits something in you so that when you walk into the next season, he can bring it out of you. Those are the moments where God says, what I've now declared over you, I'm going to work in you. And the Bible said in Matthew chapter 4, just the next chapter. After the heavens had opened, the Holy Spirit was poured out and the Father spoke. Verse 1, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. That doesn't seem like that's where I would want the Spirit to lead me. (laughs) To be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God... Tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, And said, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. 
All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. The Bible said Jesus was baptized. The heavens were open. The Holy Spirit came down. The Father affirmed him and marked him with an affirming word. And then Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness. After 40 days of fasting, the enemy slipped in and began to speak to him. Why? Because the enemy knows when to come to you. It's usually not at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings at City Life Church. Now, I've encountered him a few times at church. That's a whole nother sermon. <laughs> but that's usually not where he comes to get you. It's usually in those weak moments of your journey. It's in those moments of isolation. It's in those places that, that you're dealing with frailties and insecurities and battles. He, he came in in a weak moment and he began to talk to Jesus. And begin to come against why? Because the battle usually starts right here before it's ever manifested. And he begins to try to challenge some areas of Jesus. First he challenged his divinity. The authority in his life. And he will do that with you and I. He will challenge the very authority that you have as a believer. He will challenge who you are in God. He will challenge the God in your life. Why? Because when God took residence in your life and Jesus and his spirit filled your life, you had the kingdom of God now residing in you. And he began to challenge that very kingdom. And the Bible said, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then he began to challenge his identity. Jesus was just told by the Father who he was. Publicly, it was declared over his life. And he begins to challenge. He said, if you're the Son of God, he, he said, cast yourself down because the Bible says angels will guard and gather you up. And then Jesus once again said, it is written, do not test or tempt the Lord your God. And then the Bible said, once again, he comes in and now he's trying to appeal to his humanity. He said, look at all that I can give you. Look at everything you can have. Look at all that I can give to you. And Jesus once again said, away with you, Satan. The Bible says only to worship God and Him alone. And the Bible said He left. And I love what the next thing in my Bible says, and most likely in your Bible. It's not the Scripture, but it's the prelude to the Scripture. It's going to declare what is about to be said. And when I read it this week, it jumped out at me. And this is what my Bible said. Jesus begins to pray preach. You see, up to this point, he's only known as Jesus of Nazareth, but he's about to be known as Jesus the Christ, the anointed one. Up to this point, he's been only known as the son of a carpenter, but he's getting ready to be known as the Messiah, the one that would take away the sins of the world. Up to this point, he's only known as a boy from around the, around the city, but he's getting ready to be known as the miracle worker because miracles have not yet taken place. He's not even gathered his crew up yet. He's not even picked out his boys. He's not even gathered his posse. No miracle is yet to take place, but he walks out of the wilderness. Why do you need a wilderness season? Because it's what causes the open heaven 
in your life and the word that's in your life to begin to flourish. He walks out of the wilderness and miracles start taking place. Water is changed to wine. He shows up at funerals and declares, I am the resurrection and the life. He shows up in dead situations and they begin to live. He encounters blind men and they begin to see. He encounters lame legs and they begin to leap for joy. He encounters lepers in isolation and they go back home to their family. He began to wreak havoc on a hill. Friend, I would tell you this. It wasn't the water season that caused that to be released. It was the wilderness season. And I'm thankful for the water seasons of my life, but it's been the wilderness season that I had to cling to a word that said, God, I know you love me and I know that I am well pleasing in your sight. I know, Father, that you've got a plan and you've got a purpose. I know there's a declaration. I know that it's more than a sermon. I am the head and not the tail. I am the first and not the... Come on, if you believe you are a child of God, give him praise today. I love the seasons where the heavens are open. I wish I could stay in the outpouring of his presence. I wish I could just continually hear the word. But there's sometimes I've got to walk by faith and not by sight. I've got to rise up and know even on my worst day, I am the righteousness of Christ. And when the enemy comes whispering in my ear, I rise up and say, it is written. It is written. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God and I will be led by the spirit of God because he will make me question who I am. There is an identity crisis in the earth today but not just in our culture. It's in the church. People fail to understand who they are and what they possess and what they are promised but when I know who I am before Jesus ever worked a miracle, before Jesus ever walked on water or calmed the storm, before he ever fed the multitude with a sack lunch, the Father affirmed him. And maybe you've never heard that. See, there was always a method to the madness of Jesus' ministry. It would seem chaotic at times, multitudes and crazy miracles. But the details were always intentional. See, every miracle was really temporal. The multitude would feed, be fed by a sack lunch, but they would get hungry the next day. Blinded eyes would only see until that life transitioned to eternity. All of the miracles were temporal, but they all had everlasting eternal principles. Every miracle was more than just for the moment. It was for us as New Testament believers to walk out and take these principles. And Jesus always had a system when he was distributing bread. Even in communion, just before he left the disciples, he would take the bread, he would bless the bread, he would break the bread, and then he would give it. He would take the bread. He would bless the bread. He would break the bread. And he would give it. The giving and the release was not in the blessing. It was in the breaking. That's why the Bible said the broken are near to the heart of God. 
Because when you are broken, it allows him to distribute you. It allows him to give you. It allows him to work in you. It allows him to multiply you. It allows him to release you into that purpose. It allows him to take that stamp of affirmation of who you are and begin to release it into the earth. There was always a method to the madness. There was always details that you really had to look to catch, but he would take it. He would bless it. He would break it and he would give it. And that's what he does in our life. He not only opens windows and portals and pours out his spirit and he declares who we are but then he takes us through wilderness seasons where we have to draw close to him and we have to guard against the adversary and we have to be strong even in weak moments and we have to look down the road knowing that this is not the final chapter it's just a chapter it's not the whole story it's just part of the story and I realize that I walk out and that's where the word that's in me is not just spoken over me for the Bible said when he walked out he began to preach what was now in his spirit began to come out of him and there are some of you right now you're not in the water season you're in a wilderness season but that word is about to be released out of you that promise is about to be in your family and released out of your family because when he walked out he was now known as Jesus the Christ the anointed one and everywhere he went miracles broke out and now there was a multitude following the son of a carpenter what are you trying to say pastor if we always live in water season we will never mature but if you ever make it through the wilderness season you will declare like David I was in a valley of a shadow of death but I feared no evil because you were with me every step you were with me every moment you were with me every day you were with me when I fought the bear and the lion and the giant you were there when I was on the throne you were there when I was in the field you have never left me you have never forsaken me matter of fact you are the lifter of my head and a very present help in a time of trouble that's why I will bless the Lord at all times his praise will continually be in my mouth come on jump to your feet all over the room well thank you It's a good word because it's God's word. But here it is right here. Watch this. He gives you that affirmation. And maybe you've never heard it from an earthly father. Hear it from the heavenly father. Maybe you've not heard it from someone else in a long time. You know, I was so moved yesterday when we had Titus O'Neill here. He shared a story and he said that When he was growing up, he never knew his father. He said he had finally learned at 17 years of age that he was conceived in a rape. He said his mother was 11 years old. He said his mother was on the way from the small town they lived in to Jacksonville, Florida to have an abortion said she didn't want to have an abortion, but they were going to make her have one. She jumped out of the car and ran. He was born. He said that he lived in just a broken, dysfunctional lifestyle. said in an early age, because he was fighting so much, he got sent to the Florida Boys Ranch. said getting ready to be kicked out of there because of fighting. 
said the gentleman that was over the boys' ranch called him in the office. He said, Titus, why do you think you're sitting here? He said, I guess I'm just a bad kid. He said, there's no such thing as bad kids. He said, look at me, son. He said, lift your head up and look at me. He said, I love you and I believe in you. He said, I'd never heard that before. He said, I love you and I believe in you. And you can accomplish anything your heart desires. He said, I've never heard those words before. He said, those words begin to build in me. He said, I started playing football and found out I was good at football. He said, I went to the University of Florida where he became an All-American. He was a vice president of the student body, drafted by the NFL. Now he's a WWE superstar. And he's doing community projects all over this city, speaking life. He's a giant of a man. Not because he's six foot six and I'm five foot six. <laughs> Not because he's 280 pounds. Because there's something bigger in him than his size, his heart, his spirit. And it all started one day when a worker at a boy's ranch looked at him and said, Titus, I love you and I believe in you. He had us yesterday take out our phone and text someone and say, I love you and I believe you. He said, just pick somebody out of here. He said, you're going to get weird responses. <laughs> Everything okay? Are you dying? You know? He said, they're going to wonder why, but he said, you never know who needs to hear that. But friend, I've got good news. If you've never heard that from anyone else, hear it from the voice of the Father. He loves you, and he's well-pleased in who you are. Not, not what you do, not, not the things you do, because he told it to Jesus long before a miracle ever happened. He told it to Jesus before he ever walked on water. He spoke it over Jesus before he ever changed water into wine, before anything ever happened, before he ever had a title, before he ever confounded the Pharisees and the Pharisees. Sadducee, he, before any of that, the father said, I am well pleased. And it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. It's about being a son and a daughter of God. For the Bible said the sons and daughters of God, they're led by the spirit of God. So I find he leads me into the water. He leads me through the wilderness. He leads me in the supernatural. He leads my family. He leads me in the marketplace. He leads me in the school. He leads me into new season. He leads me out of old season season but his spirit is leading me so I've got good news when you receive that revelation that I am pleasing to the father and I am his child that's when you become a candidate to be led by the spirit to walk by the spirit to fight in the spirit to walk with the promise of the spirit and I'm going to pray over you today and we're going to believe that when we leave here two things have happened once again you realize that you are loved by the father Secondly, you know that he believes in you. And it doesn't matter who else believes in you if he believes in you. He's the creator of the universe. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayers that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email at info at citylifechurch.cc. We also want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. You can find our times and locations on our website 
at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download the City Life app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great worshiping with you today, and we'll see you next time.